0: That's really for free. That's nothing to do with. And, and, and I, uh, I, I don't know. It's already so late. But Lake, you play that. Is that a two-minute video I sent you? How long is that video? It doesn't say. Well, it's probably two minutes. Y'all watch. Turn the lights down. Turn it up. I had no idea. I just saw this movie advertised, and I thought, Wow, this looks like Lost Creek. It's a true story about Greg Laurie. And if you you want to, I I don't say the movie's any good, but the preview's pretty good. Hey, Square! I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? I think Pastor Roller's again. I think these kids need help. They need is a bath. You're passing does people you know nothing about. And maybe that's why your church is so empty. When John goes in here, brings me a I'll ask him what it's all about. Because I do not understand. Wow. His house has a very good vine. <laughs> there is an entire generation searching. Oh they in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. I can only walk through doors open to us in your church. That's a door that's shut. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They're spraining the new shag carpet. They need your help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome! Now that door is open anytime the, And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. Alright, Pastor, All right. let's begin. Yeah. I was going to find this. do not else will be This thing that we found. I feel like I belong, you're going to need a bigger church. (laughs) Your country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. That movie's any good, but that preview sure makes it look good. And uh reminded me of Lost Creek. It's not necessarily uh, what this message is about in a way, but it is in a way. I, I was thinking on the way this morning early about that preview in that movie, and I was thinking about God. And I was thinking about how religion differs from God. And I was thinking about how that generation, that generation, Sal's generation, They were were out there. But that generation spun into what would become, I'll say for one of them, the early 90s spiritual revolution or another new awakening that happened. And I think it happened for, and I don't know, this reason. God can use hungry people even if their appetite isn't for things of God. Because you're an eater. It's easy to switch the plate. But people who aren't hungry at all, even if they've never eaten a bad thing in their life, but they have no hunger, can't make them eat. You get hungry enough, you'll eat anything. I watch those survivors, so don't we? You'll eat bugs. You'll eat all kinds of stuff. If you're an eater. If you're hungry. But if you have no appetite, you won't eat. And I think religion celebrates those who don't eat bad things. And I think God is just looking for 100 people. And he'll feed them. Yeah. <laughs> feed <her>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we were, you know, kind of continuation last week, really quick. But I think it's getting to a a good point, <laughs> fun point for me. We've been talking about drawing near in 23, drawing near to being in 23. And. Talking about Super Bowl going all in. I think when you draw near to somebody or to God, you're all in. <coughs> That's kind of what all, all going draw drawing near means. When you're out in the distance, you're not all in. You can play it either way. You're non-committal. But when you go all in, when you draw near, now all of a sudden there is no, I can go either way. I've made my commitment. We, we we had to, I gotta tell you this, I, I know I've gotta get going. We, we were at the old church and we give dad a hard time about this, but he was right. And and dad was up there giving that altar call, you know, and he was like, come to Jesus, you know, and and this guy, literally in the old church, comes up the aisle, crying, it looked like he was crying to me, walks all the way up, dad's here in the middle, like this, and then goes to the back, goes over to the hall of the bathroom like that. <laughs> And, but the funny thing was when, Dad, when the guy was walking about right here, Dad starts shouting, Yes! Yes! Hallelujah! And so we get in grief because he actually praised God for the man being in the bathroom, which might have been a miracle. I don't know. This situation, Now, in fairness to Dad, I was there and I agree. I think the guy was coming to the altar and chickened out. But... He <laughs> got Jesus in the bathroom. He might have got Jesus in the bathroom. <laughs> but the point is this. That man was too late to bow out But he tried to. That's right. When you draw near, you've made a commitment. I remember being my first time on a high dive. My mom and dad got me swimming lessons. And so that at the graduation they take you to the high dive, and you have to jump off the high dive. And I am not really, I'm pretty a daredevil at times, but some heights bother me at times if there's a certain visual that disturbs me like a certain bridge and uh so it was a big deal to jump off that high dive and uh it was high that's why they call it a high dive yeah it was. yeah it, it was but the problem was i probably would have backed out because i was young but i was at the end of the board and there was a line behind me you know what I done? I draw near to the high dive. Yeah. And it was too late to, to yeah. make change my decision. When you go all in, you're at the end of the high dive. Some of you you act the part, but you're not at the end of the high dive. You're hanging around the edge of the pool with our feet popping around. But we've not really put up to the edge of the You know when you're at the edge? When your toes are hanging off the end of it. And those of you who got little short stubby feet, then I don't know how you do it. But I mean, when your toes are curling off the edge, then that is when you're all in. And that is when you draw near. So so we, we talked, and that was awesome. I asked me if we would continue that a little bit. But real briefly, just we're getting into Jesus today, I think. But if you remember, God has always wanted a relationship with you and me, He's wanted us to be all in, He's wanted us to be intimate. He he put us in the garden, he walked with us, and we disobeyed him and we ran from him. And, 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 and then he, he said, you know what, I'll make you a nation. I'll bless you. I'll give you a guy, Abraham, I'll, I'll give you all these. I'll make you a nation. Yes. And then uh, we ended up, we ended up, you ended up in slavery. So yes. he said, okay, I'll send you a Moses. I'll send you a deliverer. I'll get you out of slavery. And then I'll draw you up on the mountain and we'll just have relationship again. And we stood at a distance. He said, well, okay, those people aren't bad. I'll send you a Joshua. I'll give you a land, a promised land. But we were afraid of the giants. Yeah. We got in there and he said, I'll give you a king. And we kept falling apart. We couldn't hold the land. We actually crossed the river. But we never could hold the land. Nations and nations kept just coming in conquering God's people. And defeating our purpose because we couldn't hold the land. And we couldn't hold the land because we weren't intimate with God. And we let all these other... Every time we lead idolatry, we would end up worshiping other things. We end up doing other things. And and we ended up distant from God and we lost His protection. We lost His favor. We lost His purpose and we lost the land. It's not enough to see the land. you got to possess it you got to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you do that to intimacy. And, and, and when you look at the Word of God, it is the Word of God and people say it's the story of God? No, I don't think so. You couldn't fit God's story in this book. It's the story of God and man. It's our relationship with God. If you could a book about God, you couldn't put it in every computer room in history, couldn't fit it. All this is is us and God, our relationship how He relates to us and how we should relate to Him. and The Old Testament is full and speaks to that. And by the end of it, Dad, by the end of it, the relationship was so far apart, we got a silent period. 400 years where God just... I mean, I gave you a garden. I called you on the mountain. I gave you kings. I gave you promised lands, grapes so big and honey so big, and all you had to do was worship me. All you had to do was be close, to be tight with me, and you're not. And so I'm shutting off. I don't know if you've ever been in a personal relationship, but intimacy problems can get so bad that communication just stops. Just stops. Yes. I don't know if you've ever given or received the silent treatment where you have to say, Honey, is something wrong? Honey, is something wrong? It's always funny. The answer, always the first time, is no. But the last time is not no, usually. <laughs> God grew silent for 400 years. No intimacy. No relationship. Rome had taken over God's people and really taken over God's church. <laughs> the government was the church. <laughs> people, people. I mean, the government was bigger than the church, but the church bowed to the government. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden. Well, they hadn't heard from God in 400 years that's a lot of generations all they would have known would have been what was passed on which was probably not a ton God with us all of a sudden God says you know what all these thousands of years And how many thousands we can debate? People can debate that. Really doesn't say, so it doesn't really matter. Long time. Man had been running from God. And God had been trying to shorten the distance. And finally, God says, you know what? I'm going to come down there. And I'm going to shorten the distance. And I'm going to walk into your life. Like a man, as a man. You want to relate? You want intimacy? I know it's sometimes hard to be intimate with inanimate objects. God is not an inanimate object, by the way, but our perception of Him is because we can't touch Him, hold Him, feel Him. I believe you can, but science says not. So you know what He said? Okay, I get it. It's hard to be intimate with an earthquake and a thunder and a lightning and fire on a mountain. You know what i do? I'll just become you. And I'll walk down in your camp. I'll walk. God you don't know what it's like because he knows what it's like he took on your pain he took on uncertainty he took it all on. you know why well there's several reasons why one of the reasons why just so he could be close to you Because if he doesn't understand you, it's hard to be intimate. You know what's cool about having a great marriage? Because you can understand each other. You can relate to each other. He could not be totally intimate with you. Unless he knew you. And knew your pain. And he does. He did that just for us. And so what he did, he came down and he said, well, here I'm going to do I'm going to feel their pain. I'm going to become them so we can be totally intimate. And then I'm going to pay their sins. I'm going to live a perfect life and show them it can be done. Yeah. That's really one thing we probably do a bad job of. We always get up here and say, because we all do. I mean, I mess up. I don't know about you. But we say, well, everybody messes up. And we all have messed up. But he actually proved you don't have to mess up. I mean, I know we do, But his whole point was proving it can be done. Yes. <laughs> and so he he came and he, he lived a perfect life so he could pay for our sins and he paid for your sins. He came because he had to die for you and me. And then he came because he had to defeat death, hell, and grave and go get the keys for that. Yes. But then he did something really cool. And he did it all at the same time. All this at the same time. Created a new covenant, a new pathway to God. Yes. He said, Well, now that sounds radical. There's no way to God but by the Son. His name is Jesus. And the Son had not yet been revealed until there was a Jesus. And so he created, and this new pathway, the cool thing is now based on something that we like to call relationship, not religion. But what is relationship? It is this intimacy thing again. Yes. It's based on intimacy. You don't get there by reciting this number of prayers. You don't get there by how much you put in the offer, plate. You don't get there because you're, you're born perfect. You don't get there. You get there by intimacy with Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's the pathway. And, and, and so he came and he into this radical thing and he said, I'm going to create this new covenant. I'm going to make intimacy again. I'm going to restore a relationship with my people. I love them so much. I want them to be with me forever. They were created. They're the apple of my eye. And I'm going to do all this because I love them. And so then it came time to how do you unleash this? Yes. How do you unleash this? I mean, he could come and die, but it would be and defeat that's owned great. but how do you spread this? Why are we here today? So he created this out this concept, this crazy concept of discipleship. He said, I'm gonna to go to twelve people, I'm gonna to go to a lot of people. And, and that's another thing we probably do wrong. We said, Well, Jesus can do it with twelve, he can do it with twelve, he did do it with twelve. But they didn't stay 12. They became the whole world. Yes. That doesn't mean you stay 12. Yeah. If Jesus stayed 12, they would have all died and it would have ended. The 12 became thousands and millions. Yes. But He picked 12 who were intimate enough to go all in because He knew they would take it to the world. Mm-hmm. And then later we'll get to that at some point, maybe, to the Holy Spirit. It really did go to the whole world, that intimacy. Yes. But it's a weird concept. Who Jesus chose and why he chose him. And he called those 12 people to do something pretty radical. He didn't say, I'm going to teach you guys how to be a Christian. And I think us in our Western mindset, that's our problem. You go to church, you want to be taught. You want some pastor to teach you how to be a Christian. It's the wrong mindset. I mean, it's the right paradigm. You don't teach somebody to be a Christian. Jesus never taught anybody how to follow Him. He never taught anybody to be a disciple. He never taught anybody to be a Christian.
1: He gave one invitation,
0: always. You don't have to stand up. I just got a few verses later. Matthew 4, 18-19. Matthew 4, 18-19. And it says this. One day... As Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net in the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish your people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, they saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in the boat with their fathers, Zebedee, preparing the nets, and he called for them to come to They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Let's go to Matthew 9-9. Pretty radical one here. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Jesus goes to these people, and what he says is this. See, disciple is a, is a word enlightened. It means a student, but it doesn't mean a student. There's a type of student we call student that means you're a student of a subject. So if I'm a student at school, I go to school and I have six, eight different teachers. And if, if through college, I might have 30 teachers over time. And they each teach you a subject. So you're really not learning from a person. You're learning about subjects. Yeah. Disciple doesn't mean that. Disciple means you're a student of a teacher, one teacher. So you're not there to learn subjects, you're there to learn the teacher. So Jesus doesn't call anybody to learn subjects, and he can't be taught that way, really, I don't think. He calls these people and says, come be my disciple, come follow me, you get close to me. You come close to me. You leave everything else behind. You follow me. You walk with me. You eat with me. You live with me. You break bread with me. You watch what I do. You watch when I cry. You watch when I go along. You watch when I pray. You watch how I lay hands on people. And the problem is, we stop doing that. Yes. But we teach subjects. And Jesus never taught a subject. He offered himself and said, follow me. I mean, what Jesus wanted was intimacy again. You remember what Adam knew in the garden we established that earlier, Genesis three. He knew the sound of what. He was so intimate with God, he knew his footsteps. He walked with him. You know what Jesus came to those twelve and said, "I want you to know my footsteps again. I want you to. You know what He says to you this morning? I want you to know the sound of my footsteps." I want you to know the sound of my foot. That is intimacy. I'm not here to teach you a subject. I'm here to introduce you to a God who can radically change your world. But you gotta go all in. You gotta go all in. You gotta draw near to Him. Because if you don't go all in and you keep a distance, you just learn subjects and you know a lot of what good to do. So he calls these disciples and he invites them in. John 12, 26, if you have that. Lake and or Odean rivers up there. John 12 through 26. Or twelve twenty six. Yeah. Not 12 through 20. That would be something. John 12, 26. Do you have it up there yet? Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because what? My service. Repeat it a little bit like after you're really with me this morning. Are you, <laughs> let's just pretend for a moment you're listening to this. <laughs> let's all read it together. Hallelujah. And let everybody read it loud so I can hear it. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the follow the who to serve me, serve me I want you to focus on that second clause after the comma. My servants must be where I am. Why? Why do I, well, I don't spend time with my wife? To be intimate. Because that's the only way you can become one. Jesus called us to be one with Him. Not to live life with Him. Not to learn about Him. Not to make Him bless me and maybe I'll get a good job and this kind of stuff. He don't care, yes. <laughs> cause he knows that's going to be temporary. Yeah. He wants to be one with you, yes. and whatever that he places you in, that will be fine. <laughs> that's exactly right. But he wants to be one with you. He wants you to be where I am. You know what? Well, you know why? I, I was talking this morning. Of all the places I've been, yes. we've been privileged, to, and, and Dad's done more, but we've been privileged to. Preach the gospel all over this country in all kinds of prisons, all kinds of maximum security prisons, all kinds of death rows and every kind of thing and demonic possession. We've cast out demons. We've seen all kinds of stuff. Probably the most dangerous situation I've ever been is the bridge. I've never seen a more dangerous, unstable situation. that That's me in my mindset. Now, I, I've seen be demonic. I've seen be, I've done all that. Yeah. I'll see people that say it's killed 15 people. I'll, I'll sit and talk to them people too. But the bridge is a. And so when I was thinking about Miss Selena giving her testimony, talking about anxiety, and I was thinking, it got great. Yes. That the most dangerous place I've probably ever been is a place that Joe and Selena, and particularly Miss Selena, has interjected herself in, despite being ha, ha, in the past having dealt with anxiety. It got great. Amen. But you know why God wanted Selena there? We that sentence. Because my servants must be where I am. Because God's there. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know why I go to prison? It's not because I think I'm Johnny Cash, though so I am cool like Johnny Cash. It's because that's where Jesus! So it's what God, what Jesus knew was that intimacy would create the all-in that would be necessary to change the world. We all get up here and yell about changing the world, but it starts on in intimacy. But even with Jesus, and that's what I want to discuss for just a minute. Even with Jesus, some still didn't come back. Remember Exodus 19 and 20 when Moses, when God said, I'll blow the ram's horn and everybody come up the mountain and they blew the ram's horn and some just wouldn't come up. Some stood at a distance. And so Jesus took away the fear excuse because, you know, admittedly, lightning and fire and earthquake and sound and that can be a little intimidating. I, I, some people say this service is in. Some people say I'm intimidating. I don't think so. But... You can understand that earthquakes, fires, that can be scary. So Jesus, I'll just take away that excuse. Here I am, I mean, I'm a common man. I'm from Nazareth. I mean, I, I'm from the country. I, I'm a country. Jesus was country when country wasn't cool, I promise you. He was from the country. He was a regular dude. That's Joseph's boy, the carpenter. You know, Mary, there's a story there. We won't go there. That was Jesus. So He came. He said, all right. Not so scary now. Now come with me. And you know what's weird? They still a lot of them wouldn't come. That's right. <sighs> Cause they really weren't scared of lightning. They were scared of the all-in intimacy. That's still us today. That's what we're scared of. Yes, we're not scared of the. You all really aren't. I mean, I know it's a little weird, and I've been there. You're not really scared of him dancing. Just don't get me up there. I mean, Don Don Cornelius might roll over a time or two, you know. (laughs) Soul Train. But (laughs) some of y'all don't know who Don Cornelius is, and that's a shame. (laughs) That's a shame. Of, you're not scared of dancing. I don't even think it's pride. Sometimes, sometimes it is. I think it's fear of intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. And fear to go all in because once you go all in, you're accountable and you can't go back. Yeah. You're going to the edge. You're going to the edge of the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and, and if you get there and you can't make it, that's too scary. So I'm going to stay out the bottom and put my feet and my toes in the pool, the pool. Yeah. I'm a kid pool guy. Even about two foot. I'll sit there like a chip. <laughs> but God said, "Get up on high house. Yes. Trust me with God. your yes. Oh. Yes. trust me with your heart. Yes. Trust me with your pain. Yes. Trust me with your doubts." And so I want to read real quick, Mark 10. I want to read about a guy that that, that Jesus tried to get to come with him, and he just wouldn't. You know, that's really weird. But I think we do that all the time, huh? Some people. Mark 10. Uh, Lincoln, if you have it. Hmm. Verse one. No. Verse 17. Sorry. As Jesus was starting out on the way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. He knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus said, Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. Don't murder. You must not commit murder, or adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father or mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all those commandments when I, since I was young and looking at it, the man, Jesus felt this, this genuine love for him. And he said this in red. This is red. We don't have red on here, but it's red. <laughs> There's still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven. And then, then, Come with me. Come follow me. He, he gave him the same opportunity, the same command, the same exact statement that He gave Peter, that He gave Andrew, that He gave John, that, 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 he, that he gave that he gave uh, uh, Matthew. All, all, all these James. He, he gave this young man the same exact invitation. Come be with me. Come get close to me. And some people think this was a setup, like he knew this so he could teach us a lesson. No, no, because it says he looked at him and felt genuine love.
1: You know that's how he looks at you and me?
0: Some people in this room don't feel loved. But he looks at you with love. He says, Just spend time with me. Just me. He said, you know, go get. And, and, and I thought it was interesting. He told him to sell all this stuff. But he didn't say, give it to me. Because I'm sure Jesus' ministry, they, they, you know, they needed funding. There were people that did fund Jesus' ministry, it cost money. But in this situation, just so the guy wouldn't have that excuse, I think. He didn't tell the guy, sell your stuff and come put it in the. And we'll fund this thing. He said, no, I don't want to do with it. Just sell all that stuff, give it away to poor people. I don't need it, I don't want it. And then come be with me. Come be with me. And so I think about this today. I've, I've preached this so many times in so many different ways. I think about if you kept, if you keep reading, I didn't, I didn't read the rest of it, did I? He he. It said, "At this time, the man's face fell." And he went away sad because he had many possessions. Jesus invited him on the journey of a lifetime to be in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, this guy, we don't even know his name. He's anonymous now. But what if his name was Heath? It wasn't well, there be a book of Heath. <laughs> and there might have been it. But he had too much stuff. Maybe he would have been the one that actually successfully walked on water longer. What if? What if he'd been on that boat? And he would have said, Oh, Peter, that was was child's play. Watch this, Caddy Moon walked on the water or something, right? What if? What if? He missed out seeing dead people get up. He missed out seeing Lazarus come forth. He missed out see blinded eyes open. He missed out seeing withered hands forming the muscle. And he missed out on all this because he had stuff. Mm, good. Stuff. Mm, good. stuff. Sometimes we look at that and say, well, he was just richer than the rest of them. Well, he impliedly he might have been. But you know what? Matthew would have been rich. You know that? He was a tax collector. Matthew would have been rich and he walked away. He had stuff. And you know, we slight Peter and Andrew and James and John. They had a business. And I'm not saying they were, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying they were blame-blame. They weren't like probably Roman, like, you know, whoever. But they had a business. They had stuff too. But the Bible says they left their stuff to go follow him. The Bible specifically says, they left that stuff behind. Now, the most dangerous, honestly, the biggest risk in any of them was Matthew. You know why? Because he's a tax collector. And, and, and when you read the scriptures later, Jesus always, always talk, the critics of Jesus always say, don't you know he hangs out with the tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. Yes. The tax collectors are considered worse than the sinners to the Jewish people. Because they were they would never be accepted again in society. They were traitors. Yes. But once he walks away from his post, Rome will never accept him either. When he walked away, get this, he literally went on the high dive. Because when he got rid of his stuff, and he had a lot of stuff, I guarantee you, they were wealthy, and they were cheap, says Paul. <laughs> but when he walked away from his stuff, he couldn't go to Rome and the Jews wouldn't have accepted him. And he couldn't even got a job if he would wanted to. He went all in on Jesus. When Jesus said, follow me, he said, all right. That's called flying without a safety net. That's called riding a bike without the training wheels. And the honest thing, the thing that keeps us from intimacy is we want the safety net because we're not so sure that we can trust Jesus with all this stuff. And if He lets us down, then what will we do then? We hold that back on that stuff. So the rich young ruler missed out a lot of fulfillment. But he had stuff. I said that earlier. At the end of your life, what if there was more? And what if it is revealed? I don't know how the end of the life stuff goes. I know there's a judgment. There, well, there's a judgment, believe me, for everybody. And it, it, we're not getting to the thrones. But I don't know if God, how God will present all that. <coughs> you judge according to your works, right? Yes. You'll see things, I'm assuming. I don't know though, right? What if God didn't show you what it was supposed to look like? And what if we see the stuff that we held on to that prevented that from happening? What if it's our stuff? See, because it was the rich and ruler's stuff that kept him from following Jesus. It kept the intimacy. We keep talking about intimacy. intimacy. Draw close to me, draw close to me, draw close to me in 23. Come get closer to God, come get closer to God, come get closer to God. That's what Jesus <laughs> told people. But when he told the rich and ruler, that rich and ruler said, I can't because I got stuff. And that sounds crazy to me, you, right? I mean, if Jesus was here saying, come have this awesome life with me, we would be crazy to let stuff give away, wouldn't we? We wouldn't be that dumb, would we? Would we be that dumb? To let stuff get in the way between our relationship with Jesus and intimacy. <laughs> we couldn't be that dumb. That's just this one crazy dude in the Bible. Because <sighs> that's really about rich. We're preaching against rich people. What we don't have any of them, so we give it to them, right? <laughs> but what if you do that stuff? What if there's stuff that you're holding on to that's keeping you from being totally injured? Jesus. Come here, sweetie, stand right there in that line. I love being the boss. I get to do this only on Sundays, (laughs) only like from 11 to whatever time I go (laughs) to. Gerald, come here. Gerald's stuff, man. Oh, man, Gerald. Gerald's my job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Watch. Man. Okay. Turn around. No, no, no. you go grab onto me. I want you, man. I want you. Not in that way. Man, these rumor guys are going to get a hold of this. I love a watcher. This is a demonstration, okay? All right. Here we go. All right. Steve, come here. Steve, my insecurity. Come here. Oh, man, I got to have you. Oh, I got to have you. I don't want you, I hate you, but I gotta have you. 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 I, have, but I, don't, I don't like that part. How you made me feel insecurity. I gotta have you. I gotta have you, Kevin. Come here. You'll have to grab the front of my shirt. Kevin, pain. you let things happen to me that's beyond know, my your pain. I hate you worse. You make me cry. I just can't stand you, but I can't let you go. Yeah. You're my stuff. I need my stuff, yeah. Joe. Je- uh-huh. Je- Joe, you're my pride. You're all I got left, baby. Sometimes in the, the day, you're all I got left. I'm tall. I've lifted some weights. I can walk down the street, I look tough I need you I've done a few things in my life, I need you Because without you I'm just like everybody else And that scares me I need you Come here mom Can't make it without my family They'll be there when nobody else is there No matter what Got to have them. I got to put them above other stuff. <laughs> oh, there's the, there's the love. She's telling me to come here. And that she wants to be intimate with me. Let's gotta go over there. Come on, let's try. Let's try. Let's go over there a little bit. Come on. Come on, prize the heart of the dragon. The pain comes with, it's easy. Pain, pain and insecurity, they, they really get loud at night. I'm trying to get close to. Her. Sorry,
1: Steven.
0: <laughs> you right. I'll jump on him if you want me to. <laughs> I'll jump on Mama. She's down to the mule, I promise you. I know you're tough. Because you're in security today. And that's real tough. Maybe this stuff is keeping me from getting close. To the one my heart desires. Thank you guys. Thank you for your stuff. And maybe when Jesus called that rich young ruler, I've heard people say, I've heard people say, well, he didn't ask that of nobody else. Yes, he did. He told them all, give up your stuff. some of it was stuff and I know when we're poor we like to really love this story because you have little rich people (laughs) but I'd say a lot of the stuff that kept him away from Jesus wasn't even didn't have a price tag (laughs) it had cost because if we don't have stuff getting away between us and Jesus then why are we not all in you know what the, the bottom line is you're scared to give up your stuff because you don't have total faith that you, Jesus will take care of you. And if you don't, then what am I going without my stuff? I need my stuff. I need my intellect. I need my mind. I need my phone. I need my money. I need my honey. I need my this. I need my that. That's what fasting is supposed to teach. Of course, sometimes we fast. I, I fasted this week on onions. I'm just going to hang on this. <laughs> but sometimes we fast that way, don't we? Well, I probably drink. I probably go without coffee today. <laughs> the point is to spend time with God. Time, But there's also a point, I think, of learning that to get stuff out of the way that could be between me and Jesus. <laughs> Would you want to be somebody that lived an empty life because you held on to stuff? Because I think we've established this year biblically about 30 different scriptures or a million different scriptures that if you want to be close to Jesus, you've got to be intimate with Him. And I think when Jesus saw this cat, He said, You know what? He said I had genuine love for Him. He saw Him as a world changer. But you know what the problem was? He said He won't last unless He gives up that stuff. Because when the going gets tough, And I need somebody to go to India, like Thomas, and spread the gospel. If he's hanging on to that stuff, he'll go back to that stuff. He won't go where I need him to go because he's going to hang on to that stuff. There's places that are hot in this room. What's our stuff? Mm. You think you don't have any? <coughs> could it be resentment? Bitterness? Do yes. you think that could get away with your relationship with Jesus? Yes. Unforgiveness? Yes. Oh, Yes. Fear. What does your stuff look like? I don't think it's about a Gucci bag. You know what? Jesus didn't want that man's stuff. Remember, he told him to get to the poor. Jesus don't want your stuff. Jesus wants you. stuff is keeping you from getting close to him that's his problem with your stuff Jesus is not some hall monitor people well, I hate those people I'm not supposed, I'm not supposed to hate Lord I'm not supposed to hate anything well I'm not in school anymore but when I was 12 I hated that kind of person They would so tattle on the teacher and sit in the corner write down names and Get the life, man. Grow up. Get the life. Somebody need to punch that cat in the face. And if you weren't one in this room, I pray to God you have now given your life to Jesus and He has forgiven that sin. He took that on the cross. You don't have to own that label anymore. But you need to know that was some messed up stuff. That's wrong. Yes. You're a punk. Come on. Thanks. Jesus sometimes we make him out to be some holier than in the sky, God. Write down things you like that he don't want you to do because he just don't want you to be happy. Lord, he said a wordy dirt and that's how I'm going to write that down. I don't want him saying wordy dirt. That's really not the problem. Jesus wants to be close to you. Whatever that is in between, he wants to move it out of the way. Sometimes we find ourselves in a dead-end situation in life and it just don't seem to be working. Maybe we need to be like, duh, maybe I need to get a clue. Maybe it ain't working because maybe that thing that I'm trying to make work is in between me and Jesus. Maybe that's some stuff. Yeah. I'm saying.
1: And that's not judgment. I mean, that's just
0: not everything is supposed to be for me and you. So we're done. I just... As we talk about intimacy in 2023, I want you to know that Jesus wants to be with you. I want you to know this isn't something that God just gave dad and ministry here for no reason. He really wants to be about you, He really loves you. Valentine's Day week and all that stuff, and hallmarks, and flowers, and candies, and whatever, it's good. But nothing beats nothing beats intimacy and spending time together. Man. All that other stuff can be—it can be good, and it can be a bandage <laughs> for a massive hemorrhage. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can't outspin your heart. You can't today undo what wasn't done over a year. God wants your intimacy He's looking at you like that rich young ruler and He's telling you He loves you this morning He don't want to take anything from you He just wants you to get anything out of the way That's in between you and Him So He can spend some time With you We were somewhere the other day and My wife and I and I have said this before in another place But this was another time We were at a restaurant, and uh, it was a nice restaurant. Well, you know, for me it was a nice restaurant. It wasn't like wearing a suit restaurant, but I mean it was a restaurant that that you didn't have to, you know, order in a paper bag. They brought the food to you. And there was a couple there, and, and this happened one time before somewhere else, but My wife pointed out to me this time, I guess she paid attention, and she said, look at that. And they're both there on their phones and and not even saying a word, they were sitting close to us, right? we kept watching them every once in a while, and they probably said, who's that weird dude looking at me for? And the whole evening, that's what they did. I thought to myself, why'd they go together? (laughs) They probably got quicker seating if they had sat separately, and they'd been just the same. Now I'm not saying cell phones are bad and they could have been posting on Facebook that Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. (laughs) But the point is in that moment those phones were in the way of their intimacy. Even though it's not necessarily a bad thing, the phone. I wish they weren't admitted but they're not a bad thing. But in that moment, they, they were a very in intimacy. So there are things in your life, you've got to understand this, and we're, we're done, but I want you to latch on to this, that you possess and you have. And you may not view them as bad things. They could have been texted about their job. They could have been texted about their sick mama or something. I mean, there could be things. I, I'm not here to judge. But I do know they didn't have an intimate encounter that night. That for one hour they spent zero time together. And Jesus wants to spend time with us together. And there's a time you've got to put the stuff down. There's a time you've got to get rid of the stuff. There's a time you've got to leave the stuff behind. Because he wants to spend time with you. And if you will spend time with him, he will change your life and give you purpose. Or else we'll just be like a rich old We'll walk away sad, living empty lives. Here's a bold, profound statement. If you're living an empty life right now, you're holding on to stuff. Bet you. Because if you're living a passion on fire life for Jesus, you've got stuff out of the way. And if you're not, then there's stuff in the way. Regardless of your circumstances, Thank you for being patient today. I could go on and I, I need to quit. Could you bow your head? I really feel this word, and I don't feel it's a bad word, but it's in my spirit. Because I look back at my life, and it's just so. How's your God time, Judy? If it's not good, it's because we got stuff in the way. It's not because I hate God all of a sudden. It's not because I started listening to Motley Crue, although I'm not as young. I got stuff and it gets in the way and it's good it's important I need my stuff I'm going to say something crazy to you if your stuff is doing something you consider really bad like hurting somebody or doing drugs or whatever you consider bad. Or your stuff is stuff you think in your mind is good. If that stuff keeps you away from Jesus, it accomplishes the same exact thing. In fact, the good stuff is probably more dangerous because it's a silent killer. It's like that little heart thing there, nobody ever catches to. If I get a big old thing eating my face up, I at least know I need to go to the doctor. But what if we all have little things that become dangerous things because we allow them to be between us and God and we don't recognize them as dangerous things because they don't seem as deadly. I think God is talking to people and I think he's telling some people that he wants to, you to know, follow him like you've never followed him. you say, well, I've been a Christian. Most people in this room, if not everybody's probably a Christian. But he says, you know, I, I know that. And I know you, you know who Jesus is if you're here probably. and You may have went to Bible school and you may have been in this altar 38 times and you, you may be in ministry here. You may have drive buses or preach or teach or sing or dance or whatever else goes on around here. God's looking at you, in love, this morning. And he said, "You know what? I want to be with you. I really want you. I really no. I want to step this relationship up. I want to step it up. I, I, I know we've been dancing around a little bit and talking around a little bit, but I want to step it up. I want to get close to you. I want to become one with you." I want to impact your life in such a way that it affects your whole life. I want to be one with you. Does anybody feel that drawing in the Holy Spirit this morning that God saying, come on, come closer. If that's you, is there anybody here that would just raise your hand and say, I want to get closer to God. I want to be closer to God. Has God shown anybody that there might be stuff that we need to let Him have this morning. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. If you have stuff you need to give to Him today, I don't care if it's pride, anger, resentment. I don't care if it's busyness. I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's uh, strong-willedness. I don't care if it's if you it's unforgiveness. But are you willing to raise your hand right now and say, I want to give it to Jesus? I want to give that to Jesus. You know why? Not because I not because I just feel like I'm going to hell necessarily, but because I just want to be closer to Him. I I want to be the apple of His eye. I want to be one with Jesus. I want a life that's fulfilled. Put those hands up, keep them up. Don't don't go sheepishly. Do it like you like. You know, when I I said this earlier, when you love your wife or you love that special man, woman, whatever that you're with, boyfriend, girlfriend. Whatever it is in life. You're not ashamed of them. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of Jesus either. Come on, put your hands up. I want to be close to Him. He said, I want to be close to you. He said, give all that stuff up. You don't need that stuff. <laughs> I will take care of you. I will take care of you. I will take care of you. Hallelujah. Trust Him right now with your heart. Trust Him with your stuff. If you got two hands, put two hands up. Trust Him right now. Trust Him with your stuff. Hallelujah. And what I want to do keep Him up. Just start coming here and just it down the altar. Just start giving Him your stuff. Come on, I'm not counting three. One, two, three. If you need that, let's go. Just come bringing your stuff. Bring it all in. Go all in. All in! Drop near to me 23. All in! Don't hang on to anything! Come on, all over this room, if you got stuff you want to get in here, I don't need your stuff.